Hi, my name is Benjamin Wong, and welcome to Kid CEO, the podcast that inspires curious kids looking to start early in the world of business. This is Kid CEO. Welcome back to another episode of Kid CEO. So, there are hundreds of different industries in the world, and each of them are completely unique. One of them is the food industry, and today we're going to be taking a look at that with Baviva Foods founder and my mom, Sylvia Tam. Hi, Sylvia. How's it going? Hi, really good. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me to your to your podcast. Yeah, indeed. Okay, so I'm going to start with a very simple question. So, what is the food industry? Okay, so food industry, as everybody knows, is um, they're products that we all eat in order to stay alive, I guess. And so what's really different is because you can actually see it and taste it and feel it. There's all the senses. It becomes a lot more interesting as a product, as opposed to um, some products that you can't really see, which are intangible, like things like um, data, finance, um, concepts, services. And so that's what makes food industry um, so important and, in, and interesting is because everyone, no matter what age, can benefit from Yeah, the definitely, definitely. Um, what would you say are the biggest obstacles for a new company trying to enter the sector? So food industry is very competitive. Most industries are, but because food is so dynamic and different choices and people's different preferences, you really need to find the people or the market that is who you're trying to serve. So rather than trying to have everybody eat your product, you should find something that is helping a certain group. It could be uh, kids or that are looking for healthier, but still very tasty products. It could be for people medically who have to have, you know, less sugar or um, lower, lower fiber, um, many different audiences that are out there. And so when it comes to competition, that way you already have a market and you're not, you know, you're going to be really specific to serve them. Um, on top of that, there's also branding, and maybe you're going to be asking me about that too, but branding is when you try to um, have people remember your company by something, and so whenever they think of something that they want to eat, they'll think of your product or your brand. Yeah, your definitely. Um, which group of people do you think are the hardest to sell to? Uh, I don't know if there's a hardest group because uh, everybody is equal. It just depends on the type of product. If it's something that people are already used to eating, then it's not as difficult. But if you're trying to sell them something that's new to them, it might take a little bit more learning. And so the way that you sell to them, you might have to be more creative and letting them. Most of the time, people will have to try your product no matter what. So you might be going to a trade show and then sampling to people. And that's usually the fastest way to get people to have confidence in buying your product Um, the other way is word of mouth so if you have people who are trying it and they tell other people that makes people more willing to um, buy your product as well Um, but of course people usually uh, use online now for social media and those work great too but you also can't depend on it you really have to physically get out there and and work your product Hmm. Um, how do you think, how do you yeah. think food is heading? Like, is it 
towards like a bitter taste? Is it going to like a more people are looking for sugary foods or salty foods? So just from experience, like Ben, yourself, I know that you are very health conscious, um, although you still like really tasty yes. foods, but you know, for a fact that it's better to eat, get used to eating a, a healthier palate than to have to get used to something and then you try to change it and then it becomes too yeah. difficult, right? So yeah, so that's similar to the trend for all ages is that people are trying to be more cautious. And although sugary and sweet and I mean, salty, all those are still very appealing to people. They're trying to find alternatives to still enjoy foods, but know that it's going to be better on their digestive system, that they won't have as many long term side effects to it. That way, they'll stay healthy and be able to enjoy a lot more, you know, in their life. So food's a big food is a big part of it. And so so that's why it's better to, um, you know, cook more at home, for example, that's ideally the best way is to just have more food that's made at home are more wholesome. Um, and that way, it's it's something that's enjoyed as an activity, and not just always buying it, but also making it too. Right. So I'm sure that, you know, cooking and all that is really fun. And it's important to have cooking as well as having snacks. Yes. And day. I also, well, one of my philosophies is eating quality over Whatever it is, you always want to focus on the quality. And I think that's where the market's heading too. Because like a couple hundred years ago, people didn't care about the quality of what they're eating. They just wanted to eat food. And even a hundred years ago, there no one really focused on the health. And I think right now, more and more people are focusing more on what's the ingredients, what's the nutrition facts. And so, um, yeah. yeah, so I think definitely that's where the market's heading. And so... Well, I find that <laughs> building on that, um, what's your company, Baviva Foods? Okay, well, um, before I talk about Baviva Foods, I, I want to mention too that a lot of people that I know that are coaches, health coaches, are going to the school districts and being, um, I guess, very they're really helping kids learn to read products and their ingredients and the nutrition panel which are very important because as you said back then it was just about getting food to eat that it's you know it's a quantity and now it's about okay well if i'm gonna buy between two different products let's compare the ingredients and the nutrition facts and then decide which one do we really want so i think that is really helping with the next generation is that you really have to watch what you put into yourself and so people like that who develop products you really have to think about what they put into their foods um more and more actually speaking of that more and more generations are being encouraged to go into the food industry to develop more products that are um trying to meet both worlds so the the good tasting and also the healthy side of it and i think that's why there's a lot of um interns going into this industry and there's a lot of potential for even the younger generation to really start thinking about different problems that can solve like if you see a food out there right now that is really good but oh why isn't there a version that doesn't have this much sugar those are the times where people can start thinking about their ideas of how to make the food yeah and you brought up kids and i don't think there's one parent who wants their child to eat unhealthy but i think that the convenience of unhealthy foods make kids start to, their taste buds start to adapt to that. So I think that's really good how all these health coaches 
are going to schools to talk to the kids about this. Because once the kids start eating these healthy foods, then they start getting used to that. And it becomes easier and easier for them to be healthy. Right. And one of the things that the food industry has to do is to make it more cost effective, because generally speaking, healthy food is better ingredients, and it's going to be more expensive. So one of the things I think would be that uh, if we encourage in general, everybody to have a higher demand for healthy foods, then you'll be able to produce more and the cost will go down so that people of any, um, you know, socioeconomic status can all afford to buy healthy foods. And it starts with you from like the raw materials. So you start buying lots of plants, plant-based foods, then generally speaking, you're going to be a lot healthier. So speaking of healthy foods, since you asked, Baviva Foods, I founded this company in 2016, 17, and it was because I was trying to solve a problem that I personally experienced um, being having a lot of digestive sensitivities. I traveled a lot for work and I could never bring the foods that I eat on the go. So when I go to the airport, I can't bring my own plant-based milk because it's not allowed through TSA. And I love to eat cereal, but it's too much trouble because there are so many components to bring. And so I combined that concept. And now the product I have is a all-in-one cereal cup called Purple. So you actually have a, a pouch of granola made from purple sweet potatoes. And you have a pouch of oat, oat milk, which you just add cold water, mix it up, and you get yourself your milk and your cereal it comes with a spoon. So it's all set. You just carry this wherever you go. So when you're hungry, you have you can power up with a mini meal without having to skip a meal or wait too long to, to kind of fill up your stomach. Um, usually, and actually most people, it's better to eat more frequently and smaller meals. And so that whole little and often approach is what I'm trying to help um, people do easier, especially if you have lots of allergens to different foods. And so um, I think it's important to always find your product helping people in some way or another and that way it has more of a longer reach as opposed to just satisfying them at one point in time they will continuously use your product um, to help their yeah, own yeah i've tried purple it's very convenient so, it also tastes pretty good and it's also, yeah you and it's also yeah. pretty filling so i don't need to always be eating purple because i can eat one in the morning and one in the afternoon and i'll be good yeah, and, and it's really, it's, it took some time. Um, it took me a year to work on developing the product. And it took me another year to test the product on the market to see what people like. And then it took me another six months to actually re- um, or I should say, um, up upgrade the formula to make it even better. Um, so now it's selling online. And now it's the next phase is to really work on um, bringing the awareness to people and to sell it. And so it, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a journey, there's a process that goes behind it. But in order to make a good product, you definitely need to have that stage where you're, you're listening and you're open minded to see what people out there are looking for and what they think of your product so that's really key and a lot of people like to test it in their kitchen people like to go out and have people try it and so there's a lot of creative ways to make sure that you know that you're on the right track for a good product yeah uh, where do you make your product 
I actually make my product overseas in Taiwan, and it's been giving me an opportunity to travel more to Taiwan, which is a great place, because they are very much specialized in the purple sweet potatoes. Um, and so it was easier for me to go over there. And of course, it's a lot more work. So you, when you bring food into the US, you have to go through um, the FDA, and you have a lot more processes, but it does come down to believing in your quality. So when you sell it to customers, you know you're offering them the best possible yeah so it's definitely worth it yeah um how long did it how long was your process of creating the product testing it getting your um just getting your manufacturer it well as i mentioned it took a year for developing it took another year to test the product and then a few months so as i would say about two years two and a half to get it to where i'm at and when i say where i'm at i also launched two more products with it so now i have three products and so that all comes with um demands from what people are asking for so sometimes it's really important to reflect on not just what you want of course you have to be the passion and the driving force behind it but to listen to your customers um, that really helps you make a product that is more um, widely accepted and also well needed in the market so that's really key for um, how how long it's going to take so it really depends on if your first round didn't go as you expected you'll have to do it again and so i've been fortunate that i had a good first testing year and so it, it was easy it was not too you bad heard me briefly talk about shows so how often do you think you go to these shows and what kind of people do you meet there when you go to shows, you have to be very selective because there are a lot of options. And the key is to find the ones that are uh, relatable to what your product's mission is. Um, my product is plant-based, so I go to a lot of plant-based shows. And um, I find that they are very helpful because you've already kind of filtered the people because they're at that show you know that they they're looking for plant-based foods but for other types um, a lot of people try with farmers markets they try um, that's usually very good you can even try just doing pop-ups so if you're selling like a, a vegetable that you grow at home you can always try going on you know on your neighborhood street and try selling it to your neighbors um, that's usually a great start because everyone likes to support your your local community you can even go through, um, you know, your parents' offices and sell something that you make. If you make like a recipe or a bake something, you can do it that way. Um, there's a lot of ways. You just be, have to be creative and you just have to also be willing to speak up and, and get used to talking about your product and not being um, as shy if you are. And then after a while, you get the hang of what to say. And it doesn't become as, as, as difficult as you might have first thought it was. So it all comes from experience and be daring and be creative. And um, you'll be, be more surprised at how soon you can start your own food products. Yeah. Um, one last question here. Just critical random question. So I know that you're based here in California, um, and so this audience is very, very good for you. But if you bought your product to, say, Boston, how do you think it would be there? 
It would be definitely so good. My my my. Luckily, my product is not um, geographically specific, so it's you know to anybody who's used to being busy and they need something healthy in between meals. So um, location wise, it's just a matter of logistics, which is how to get products to Boston. And so I use online. I use online so I can ship to anywhere in the U.S. and, and that's a great way to serve a wider market. Um, and so. You were saying too, like I mean, I'm assuming that there's a lot of um, younger audience listening to this, and so I would definitely try to focus on your own neighborhood to start because it's better to grow、um, strategically, meaning that you have a plan, so that way you know your direction, and you can also like if you have to do any marketing,、um, the word of mouth in that area is going to grow faster than if you try try to go for too many areas that is kind of more scattered. That also goes with numbers, like finances. Like if you're trying, if you have, if you want to start your business and you want to do some marketing, you may have to make some brochures. You may have to do some packaging, some signs, and so you know you can even do Facebook ads because they are affordable. But you want to do them in a certain location to start. That will really help in generating the the buzz that you need.、Um, and sometimes all it takes is also reviews. If you can talk to people and write, people will write about your product. Then that helps give credibility to the fact that there's. It's not just you saying your product is good. Many people are agreeing that this product is great. So for me, I think the most important thing is to start early and think about things of how you can solve day to day problems with food, and also to start looking at entrepreneurial type organizations because there are a lot out there tailored for younger.、Um, If you're in twelve, thirteen, especially, there are lots of groups. I think I can share that with you later, Benjamin, and you can share that with the audience. Is places that you can look for.、Um, there are a lot of places that train young entrepreneurs to help you create a business plan, and there's also one where you can go to a market for young entrepreneurs to sell your products right there and then.、Um, that's super. That's huge for experience. So really, there's a lot of. It's really lucky now that the generation now has the ability to kickstart a business, and no business starts successful the first time around. So don't ever get discouraged if your cookies didn't sell. It takes improvement and timing and a lot of courage and patience to get there. So that's what I would say to、um, anyone that's interested is to start from your kitchen. Everybody does, and then、uh, keep at it and set some targets. And always ask for、um, adult help. They're always willing. Now,、help. thanks so much for all the great information and advice, Sonia. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited that you have your podcast because I think there will be a lot of people that can benefit from it. A lot of families, and hopefully, a lot more new businesses coming. Yeah, yeah.、It. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Kitsio is ready for you to listen every other Sunday at twelve a.m. With another exciting idea, to submit an idea for a future episode, contact kidsceopodcast at gmail dot com. And to stay up to date, go visit our Instagram at kidsceopodcast. This is Benjamin Wong signing off. Have a productive and innovative week.